It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to Basketball Conference, the ACC football podcast. My name is Joey Weaver. He is Mike McDaniel. Mike, first question, what are we going to get from Pittsburgh's defense this year? Uh, Will they be better? Hopefully. Maybe. Maybe not. Who's a good guy to ask, Joey? Oh, you know who the good guy to ask is. It's your boy Jim Hammett. Coming back at you. Uh, we brought him on last year. He's back with the program. Uh, this time coming from PantherLair.com. Jim, welcome back. It is great to have you on. Uh, how are you, sir? I am doing fine this evening. Uh, you know, just kind of getting into uh, camp just started. So, you know, I, I was at camp today, going to camp tomorrow. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, football for the next five months for me. That is a great life to live right there. It, it is that time of year. Yes, it is. And uh, it, I think everyone's excited. It still doesn't feel like fall in Pittsburgh yet. It was, I think, 92 degrees today. So hopefully it starts cooling down here soon. Man, I wish it was 92 where I am. I'm in Houston. Anyways, uh, so Jim, we, we appreciate you coming on to preview the 2018 Pitt football season. Uh, 2017 kind of ended with a bit of a I, I would say a disappointing four and seven record, but it did end. There were wins in three of the last five games nearly beat Virginia Tech in Blacksburg and then did beat Miami at home to end the year. So the team really was able to build some momentum towards the back half of the season. And we kind of want to talk about how that may or may not carry into 2018. Uh, I think the biggest thing that that Pitt was able to accomplish in the back half of that season was establishing some stability at quarterback uh, with the emergence of Kenny Pickett. Um, the, the, the Pat Narduzzi and even before that era has been a lot of, you know, revolving door or transfer guys at quarterback um, going into last season. I think Max Brown was thought to be the go-to guy and like three games in that was, that experiment was over, but uh, coming back this year, you've got Kenny Pickett. Uh, I believe he's going to be a true sophomore, if I'm not mistaken, maybe a redshirt sophomore, but um, had a really strong game against Miami, had a few other good games late in the year. Is he the guy for sure going into the season for Pittsburgh? Uh, if not, who is it? And if so, what can we expect from him and that offense as a whole? Uh, Kenny Pickett's the guy. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, you know, he kind of started uh, the opening day of camp. He kind of came out and said, uh, you know, we're not going to go five and seven this year. Uh, that's just not going to happen again. Last year was embarrassing. So, I mean, I mean he kind of has, you know, kind of that it factor as a quarterback. And I, I think – uh, you know, the team has really, uh, you know, you know, kind of gotten behind him. Uh, you know, one of the senior offensive linemen, Alex Bookser, he's been around for three years. He said, there's only one guy on the team that could tell me to shut up, and it's Kenny Pickett. So he's the guy. Uh, and, you know, it did start last year. Uh, he played a little bit. He, uh, you know, it, it kind of took him a while to, you know, for the coaching staff finally to give him the ball. And in his first career start, he beats the turnover chain defense. Uh you know, as a true freshman, you know, number two team in the country undefeated. And he looked, he looked great. I mean, he was poised. Uh, 
know, he's making throws. He was making big runs. Uh, I think he he threw for two touchdowns, rushed for one on a bootleg, uh, you know, kind of faked out the whole defense. So, uh, you know, he kind of has, he just kind of has that it factor. You kind of watch him, how he carries himself. And, you know, whenever he declared, you know, he said, we're not going to go five and seven this year. That's just not going to happen. He, you know, I think it kind of excited the fan base. And it's it's kind of been a while since Pitt has had a quarterback like that. Uh, they They did have some success with Nate Peterman. He was a good player. Uh, but he wasn't the vocal leader. I think whenever he played that, you know, James Conner was kind of the face of the team. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's probably been since I, I don't even know. This probably predates uh, you guys. Maybe the Tyler Palco era. That's pre-ACC. But he was kind of that, uh, you know, face of the program kind of quarterback Pitt had. So, you know, there's a there's hope, that, you know, I think among the Pitt fan base that maybe Kenny Pickett could be that kind of guy for uh, for this program. At running back, obviously, it's going to be a strong group. Darren Hall returns. you got Quadri Allison still there. Um, the receiver group, though, is going to be very young, um, or at least relatively speaking. So talk a little bit about the receivers and who Kenny Pickett is going to throw to, because I think that's kind of what we're all interested in when looking at the pit offense outside of Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's definitely a void there left by Jester Wea. I, I, the past two years, he he made some big plays for that offense. Uh, I think he got picked up by the Texans, if I if I believe correctly. So, uh, yeah, there, there's some options there. I think Rafael Rujo Lopes, he's a senior. He caught 45 balls last season. He's kind of more of a slot guy, kind of a sure-handed guy. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think he'll be a factor. I think Aaron Matthews, a junior from the Pittsburgh area, he he's kind of a 6'4 presence. He's the type of guy that, you know, he, they kind of want to stretch the field. And beyond that, there, there's some candidates, even a true freshman, I think, uh, from Florida, Shockey Jacques-Louis. Uh, I think he's kind of a, you know, a true freshman, a speedster from Florida. I think Pitt kind of flipped him from Tennessee, if, if I believe, last year in the recruiting. So he, he's the type of guy, I think, that, you know, his speed could get himself on the field. So I think he'll have weapons, um, but I, I don't know if there's any Jester Wea, Tyler Boyd, sure thing, number one, but I think they might be able to get it done by a committee. Uh, so looking at the defense, you know, on the other side of the ball, um, 50th, 62nd, 75th in the three years under Pat Narduzzi. Is there reason to believe that it'll improve in year four? Um, there's a lot of starters returning at the very least. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, nine starters are back. Um, the, the two starters that are moving on, they were NFL draft pitch, Jordan Whitehead and Avante Maddox. So they will definitely be missed. But I, I think this is this might be the year wherever it kind of finally clicks and they might kind of turn into that Michigan State kind of defense. Uh, you know, towards the back end of last season, I mean, I thought the defense was really playing well. Uh, you know, they really kept Miami in check. Uh, they held Virginia down. I mean, for the most part, like, that, that second half of the season, the defense was kind of flying to the ball. Um, they get they get an injured player back in Quentin Virginis. He was slated to be the middle linebacker last season. He got hurt before the season. He got an extra year of eligibility. So he's back. So, you know, they're looking for him in the middle. Um, you know, Narduzzi has recruited very well on the defensive line, defensive backfield. Uh, you know, guys like DeMar Hamlin was a big recruit out of the Pittsburgh area. Uh, Paris Ford, he's the next, you know, maybe the next Jordan Whitehead kind of cornerback uh, safety type player. And they have depth on the defensive line. I was at practice today and, you know, I kind of got up close and personal and saw those guys. And, you know, Rashad Weaver, he's like a big 6'5", 270 D end. Uh, you know, Dwayne Hendricks, he was a once a big time recruit, went to Tennessee, transferred to Pitt. They were kind of waiting for him to finally put it all together. Uh, you know, even a guy like Patrick Jones and, you know, in the inside, uh, Keyshawn Camp was a big commit. I mean, th th he's really 
done well recruiting, uh, you know, defensive line and secondary. So I think this is finally a year where you're going to see, you know, some big plays made on that defense. Pitt does swap defensive coordinators this year, going with Randy Bates, who was the linebackers coach at Northwestern. Is that really going to change much of anything, or is ultimately he still just running Narduzzi's system? Or, or what? What different take or, or different approach to this would he would he take versus his predecessor? Yeah, I, I think you know Northwestern run a pretty strong defense in recent years. Obviously, Northwestern's a good program. Uh, Pat Fitzgerald, very successful coach, and you know him being the linebackers coach. I think they want more out of their linebackers. Uh, I think that that's kind of been a problem where they they lack. But I think for the most part, it's going to be, you know, the Pat Narduzzi defense. And I think, you know, through the years, he's been trying to tweak it because, you know, the Big Ten East and the ACC Coastal are two very different divisions. Uh, You know, there's more speed down here. You're not getting the the power football of the Big Ten. So I think he's had trouble with, you know, kind of, like, how do I defend 50 passes a game? We didn't see that in the Big Ten. So I think I, I think that's kind of been his main issue. But I think for the most part, it's it's not going to look too different. I think there was a little bit of falling out with the defensive coordinator and Pat Narduzzi. Uh, I believe he took over as the head coach of Wofford. So, you know, I think it was kind of a mutual parting of ways sort of deal. Sort of deal. So... Jim, in term, we we ask you this every year, and I, I think going into year four, it's it's another appropriate time to ask you the question of what does the fan base think of Pat Narduzzi at this point? Uh, we just talked about the defense and the struggles that they've had. Um, you know, obviously, you know, Pitt goes five and seven last year when they were expecting to make a bowl game, hopefully, and and they weren't able to get that done. What's the status of Pat Narduzzi there? It, like, is this a hot seat year? Like, we talked about this a little bit last year, and we said, yeah, maybe not. Give him another year or two, and we'll see what happens. Like, what's what's the temperature after missing a bowl game last year? Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, sometimes the people that complain the most are complain the loudest. So you kind of hear their complaints. So, I mean, I, I, you know, just recently this past summer, I mean, there was – Pitt got off to a very slow start in recruiting. They didn't land a – I don't think they landed a commitment till, till June. So, you know, imagine, you know, me working for a message board about recruiting. What do I talk about and what do all of my consumers talking about? So that got really, really just bad. I mean, people really were mad at Narduzzi. And, you know, it was weird on Father's Day weekend, they landed 15 commitments, like all like just all at once. It was ridiculous. It was crazy. So that kind of quieted people down. But that that recruiting thing, that's kind of been a main sticking point for Pitt fans. And I don't I don't really know why. I think. A lot of it is probably jealousy uh, looking to the East and seeing Penn State and seeing James Franklin recruiting at a top 10 level. So I think a lot of, uh, you know, the mistakes with Pat Narduzzi, uh, you know, it, it deals with recruiting there. You know, people just wonder, like, why can't we recruit like Penn State? And I mean, I think there's a, a lot of good reasons why you can't. I mean, you know, it is what it is. But, uh, you know, Pitt's recruiting class, I think, in the Rivals.com, they're, they're 30th. But, you know, people want them to be 10th. So. But for on-field coaching, um, you know, he has some big wins. He really does. I mean, he beat Penn State. He beat Clemson. He beat Miami. Um, You know, right after the Miami game, he was given an extension. And I think that's kind of noteworthy because Pitt has a new athletic director. And she's cleaned house in a lot of different uh, sports. I mean, they have a new men's basketball coach, women's basketball coach, baseball coach. I mean, like, she really gutted the program and started getting people in there she likes and she inherited Pat Narduzzi and she gave him an extension so I think that's pretty telling that she must like him because she was getting rid of just about everyone else 
But Jim, I'll, I'll play a little bit of devil's advocate here. What I've seen from Pat Narduzzi's teams, again, what, what Mike mentioned about a kind of a degrading defense, it's gotten worse year over year under him. Uh, there was one really good year that they had where uh, Matt Canada's offense was really the, the big driver and was uh, the thing that was winning a lot of games for him. He's gone. I, I don't know that we necessarily saw the same level of production last year. I guess, I, I, am I wrong to, to be a little bit skeptical still that Narduzzi is building a long-term successful program there at Pittsburgh? Yeah, I mean, I think you're kind of in those in-between years of, okay, he came in hot. He won eight eight games his first two years. Then last year, I mean, he, he did fumble the season a bit. I mean, I think they really screwed up the quarterback situation. If, if they would have just handed it to the true freshman, they would have, they probably would have made it to seven and five. They would have gone to a bowl game, but they really, you know, they, they, they tried to stick it out with a local kid. And I think he transferred to James Madison. I mean, they, they just really fumbled that quarterback situation. I mean, I, I I'm sure you're familiar with the, that Georgia tech game last year. Um, Georgia Tech fumbled the ball like five times and Pitt recovered it every time. They couldn't get a first down. I mean, their their offense was like in such dire straits. So I think, you know, I think what hurt, you know, hurts him in the fan base is like, yeah, I talked about that recruiting thing and it it, it was the quarterback situation last year. People were really just kind of thrown off by that because you're you, you see this kid, he starts one game and he beats Miami and he looked really good doing it. And you're like, well, why, you know, where was that before? And I think that really kind of threw some people off. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, Pickett looked damn. I mean, Pickett looked damn good against Miami. So I, I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'm a Hokies alum, as you both know, and I deal with the same thing. Listening to Tech fans who are just, you know, one thing goes wrong, and then all of a sudden you find, you know, something completely out of the blue with a player that hasn't been playing, it's like, where the hell has this been? And the fan base freaks out. I think it's pretty natural um, with, with any fan base. And, you know, I think what's similar with Pitt fans is, you know, Pitt fans want to be Penn state and tech fans want to be like literally anybody, like they want to be Miami or Alabama or LSU or like an sec school. Um, when in reality, that's just not what they are at this point. So I think we're, uh, we, we both deal with that in one direction or another, but um, uh, moving on new face on offense. Like, who is a guy who we might not necessarily know, doesn't have to be a freshman, but a guy we don't necessarily know a lot about yet that could make an impact this year on the offensive side of the ball? Yeah, I'll give you two. I mean, I, I think I kind of mentioned the one earlier, Shockey Jacques-Louis, the wide receiver from Florida. I think they just need to find some playmakers on that offensive side of the ball uh, and wide receivers wide open. I mean, he was out there today and he was one of the first guys returning kicks and he was getting routes and, you know, so he, he was out there. So he's in the mix as a true freshman. I believe he enrolled early, so he, he's another, you know, he, he's been around for at least a spring practice. Now he's going through a fall practice, so I, I think he might have a leg up on some of the other true freshmen. And I'm also going to bring up Will Gregg, a tight end transfer uh, from Arkansas. It wasn't very productive with Arkansas. I only had a, caught a couple balls, but I think he can fit into this offense. And it's, you know, he's not a traditional tight end. I saw him today. He's pretty lean. He's kind of more of a just a big wide receiver, a, a, you know, a weapon that a young sophomore quarterback like Kenny Pickett might need. He might need someone to stretch the field. And, you know, Will Gregg, 6'5", 230, 235. Um, and it looks like he can move pretty well. And, you know, Pitt's other tight ends, they're more traditional tight ends. So th- this is, you know, he's kind of more of a unique weapon. So I, I'd look for Will Gregg to maybe uh, make an impact this year. 
Jim, I know that the defense does bring back a lot of starters from last year. So, but is there anybody that's kind of a new face on defense this year we should be expecting some big plays from? Yeah, I, I would have to say it, it's Paris Ford. Um, he was their biggest recruit. He last year as an incoming freshman, uh, it took him a while to qualify. I mean, it, it, he he missed the first week or two of camp, and the coaches deemed that you know what, we're just going to redshirt him. He's too far behind. He needs to get caught up on his schoolwork. He just needs to, but he was a top 50 recruit in the country. Uh, he had offers from, you know, Alabama, LSU, whatever. I mean, he was, he was a big deal. Uh, you know, he's a safety cornerback there. You know, he's going to compete for maybe a starting job at the cornerback spot. Uh, you know, the same thing with uh, Jordan Whitehead, you know, he's running some offensive sets. He's going to be a punt returner, kick returner. I mean, he, he's just a very dynamic athlete and, I don't know if he'll start right away, but he'll be starting by the end of the year. And, uh, I mean, he, he looks like a really, really good player. So keep an eye out for Paris Ford. That's a that's a good call, a good name that, yeah, I guess him being out last year, a lot of us maybe forgot about the name a little bit from recruiting, but uh, certainly big potential for Pitt's defense. As you mentioned, like Jordan Whitehead, you know, a guy who can be very versatile and play a lot of roles. Um uh, Jim, let's look at the schedule here. Um, what we've been doing for all these teams so far is kind of breaking it down into three categories. Um, so games that you consider surefire wins, games you consider surefire losses, and then basically looking at the rest of them as toss-ups. Um, as we look at the schedule, are there any of these on here? I know that they start out against Albany. That's an FCS team. But uh, maybe a couple of other easier games in the middle. Are there any that you look at other than Albany that you're just like, Ain't no way Pitt's going to lose that game. Yeah, I mean, I kind of look at the, you know, Syracuse and Duke at home kind of in the middle of the season. They kind of surround that Notre Dame part of the schedule. Uh, I, I think those are games that they can win. Uh, you know, two years ago, whenever Pitt hosted both of those teams, uh, I think that was the famous, you know, 77 to 68 game or whatever when they beat Syracuse. And they they really took it to Duke. And they, they've had some success against Duke, even last year when Pitt was – you know, a, a non-bull team, they went down to Durham and beat them. So I think Syracuse and Duke are pretty winnable. And I, I think, I mean, you almost always have to look at Virginia. Uh, Pitt, you know, that was one of Pitt's wins last year as well. They, Even though they were a bull team, uh, you know, Pitt still found a way to beat them. So, I mean, I think those are, you know, three games in the conference. And, I, you know, I would say North Carolina based off the talent level, but Pitt can't beat North Carolina. I don't know why. I don't know how, but they just can't. So, but I would say Syracuse, Duke, and Virginia are pretty realistic there. My turn, Joey? Your turn. Hit it. My turn. Uh, I'm going to give them the Albany game. And <laughs> and then I think I, I think I actually agree with Jim. Um, Syracuse at home, feel pretty good about that. You do get Duke at home. They own Duke for some reason. Um, it's very weird. Like, I don't think the talent deficiency with Duke is that much greater where they just, like, literally can't compete with Pitt every year. But – they have a lot of trouble beating Pittsburgh and they have a lot of trouble doing that at Heinz field. Um, and then I completely agree. I mean, even though Virginia's on the road, like Virginia's not good. So I don't, I, I think you can chalk that up as a, as a surefire win, at least on paper. Like I think Pitt will be a lot better this year. So I think it's pretty safe to say that they can beat Virginia on the road in Charlottesville. It's not an imposing place to play by any stretch. I think I agree with that. I, yeah, Albany obviously to start off, but you talk about Syracuse, I don't know if I'm going to give them Duke. I think Duke could be a little iffy. Um, gosh, I hate going back to Syracuse too. Like, I think we're, we're chalking them up as a surefire win for a lot of these teams, thinking that maybe they could be better this year, but just not going to get over the hump. Um, I, I don't know. That's going to be an interesting one, but I'll, I'll give it to Pitt here. 
being a home game. Um, and then Duke is coming off a bye week, which isn't you know necessarily a bad thing at all. I think that sets up nicely. And then, like you mentioned, Mike, on the road at Virginia, I think if Pitt's trying to make a statement in the Coastal this year, you know that they're a, a solid middle upper class team in, in the conference. I think you have to win that game at Virginia. Um, and I think they will get that done. So I'm going to say three surefire wins and I feel good about Duke, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to give that to him just yet. If that's fair. That's fair for me. I don't, <laughs> yeah, that seems pretty fair. Yeah. Now we're going to flip this to surefire losses and Pitt uh, of all the teams that probably should go bowling in, in the ACC, probably the most surefire losses on the schedule day one. Um, home against Penn State week two is going to be really rough. Um, that would be a hell of a statement win if they can get that done. I don't think that they can. October 13th in South Bend at Notre Dame is going to be rough. And in the last week of the year at Miami, that is going to be a get-back game for the Hurricanes. That, that's going to be less than pretty, I think. Um, I'm, I'm giving Pitt three surefire losses on this schedule, and that's – it's maybe a minimal commentary on Pitt, but mostly just there's three really hard games, you know, for them for for various reasons here. Yeah, I mean, it it is a very tough schedule this year. I mean, there, you know, it, and you you throw and you get Penn State, you throw in Central Florida, Notre Dame's rotated on the schedule, and you get Miami on the road after upsetting them last year. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's a tough draw. I mean, I think with 100% certainty in my mind, I think Miami is a definite loss. I. Th- think Notre Dame's probably a definite loss. I I think just the 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 rivalry factor of Penn State, they have a fighting chance. And, you know, Penn State lost Barkley. Uh, Joe Moorhead's now the coach at Mississippi State. They, they lost a lot. So And you're catching them in the second game of the year, kind of how they did two years ago when they beat them. So I, I think that kind of, you know, and it's at home. So I kind of think that plays in the Pitt's favor a little bit. So, But I, I don't see any way in the world, Miami or Notre Dame, how that's going to happen. Miami and Notre Dame for me are the two. Um, I don't need to rehash everything that Jim just said about Penn State. Um, I, I think because of that, they have because of everything Jim just said, I think they do have a chance against Penn State. Um, I, I don't think it's a great chance, but I don't think it's a surefire loss either. So I think I'll, especially since it's at home and they beat him at home two years ago and it was early in the year, um, I'll chalk that up as a toss up as best I can. Um, but at Notre Dame and at Miami, I think those are two really, really tough games. And so that means that toss-ups that we all kind of agree on, Georgia Tech at home, at North Carolina, at UCF, uh, we said Virginia Tech at home, and at Wake Forest. Um, so there were, there were six games there that could kind of go any direction um, at the very least, if not uh, the, the Penn State game as well. So quite a few toss-ups as we're seeing here in a lot of these previews. Jim, are there any of those that you feel strongly that that Pitt will do pretty well in, or are you ready to make a record prediction here? Yeah, I I I, I don't really have a good feeling one way or the other because I I look at some of these coastal games and you know just it's kind of happening you know right in front of our eyes slowly, but you know the coastal division's kind of fun. Um, you know, there's been a lot of good uh, back and forth close games. I mean, I think between Pitt and Georgia Tech, I mean. You know, Georgia Tech won last year, but the year before Pitt had that, you know, crazy bounce off the upright field goal to win it. Uh, the year before Pitt had like a 55 yarder to win it. So Pitt and Georgia Tech's actually been a lot of fun lately. Um, fun for who? Oh, well, you know, 
Yeah, yeah, I guess. I guess <laughs> I'm just gonna leave that there. All right, all right, all right, all right. Fun for fans of not Penn Georgia Tech just to watch. <laughs> okay, that's fair. Yeah, but I, I mean, other than that, I mean, I think Central Florida is tough, even though they lost their entire coaching staff. So I think that really kind of puts a dent into what they do. Um, I, historically, Pitt's actually done pretty well against Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, I they've been close, but you know, Pitt's had their number a few times through the years. So. I and it's at home, so it's not one of those where I feel Virginia Tech probably has an edge in talent, uh, you know, a little bit. But I, I don't, for whatever reason, Pitt just plays them well. They always have, uh, you know, dating back to the Big East days. Um, and Wake Forest, I, I don't know much about. I think this is Pitt's finally cycled through the entire ACC, and so this is the last team they have to play. So there has not been a Pitt Wake Forest ACC meeting yet. Yeah, and they're not getting Wake Forest at the best time either. I think by the end of the year, you know, they've got a couple of pretty key pieces to replace. And so um, earlier would be better with Wake Forest. But, um, yeah, it's hard to say what either of these teams will be at that point in the year. Um, Mike, where are you on a record prediction here? Oh, man. Um, I get I get first crack, I guess. Um, ooh, all right. Um so I, I think they beat Albany in the opener. Um, Georgia Tech's a complete and total toss-up. I, I think they probably lose Penn State, but, you know, we've seen crazier things happen. Uh, at North Carolina, I think could potentially swing the season in week four one way or another. I think if Pitt's going to be good, they beat North Carolina, they beat Georgia Tech, um, and they get off to a three-and-one start. Then I think we're talking about Pitt as a, as a potential eight-win team. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go with Pitt at seven and five. Um, I think it could be anywhere from seven and five to like nine and three. I really do. Um, because I, I do think they can beat Virginia Tech at Heinz Field. That, that's a that's another swing game. And the Hokies have only beaten Pitt once ever there. And that was two years ago. Um, you know, I, at Miami is a get back game. I, I think they lose that. At Wake is a weird – like, Wake's going to be okay, and that's like a weird place to play um, in Winston-Salem, so that could be a tough game. There's just a lot of questions on this schedule. Like, I think Pitt's going to be a lot better because I think having Kenny Pickett as the starting quarterback from the start is going to mean something. I do think the defense will be better. Um, I don't know how much better, but I think returning nine starters does matter, and I think Pat Narduzzi is hoping that his talent finally plays to his scheme. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with seven and five. Um, I don't feel great about that prediction at all. I think they could be a lot better than that, but I have a hard time seeing them going like five and seven or six and six again. I think they definitely make a bowl game this year, and I think they definitely take strides back in the right direction. But conservatively speaking, I'll just go seven and five and, and stick with that. I was going to go seven and five as well, but I think for the sake of being different, I'll go six and six. How about that? Jim, uh, where, where are you at in this season predicting a record for the Panthers to finish with? Yeah, I, I was kind of sitting around seven and five as well. Um, you know, I look at that coastal. I, I do think Miami's the best team. And I think after that, I think there's kind of a tier of Pitt, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech. And I kind of think, you know, North Carolina's still down. And, you know, we, we did find out tonight they have all those guys suspended. And I think Pitt gets them on the fourth game of the year. So, you know, they might be down a couple starters. So I think this might be the year they beat North Carolina. I think Duke and Virginia are still down a little bit. So, you know, Pitt might be out of, out of seven teams. They might be right smack dab in the middle of the ACC Coastal. And I think that's probably good for seven and five. But, you know, it's kind of been a topic among Pitt fans, uh, you know, through the years is, 
did it, did they schedule too hard? I mean, you, you know, you, you go to Central Florida, you you have to play Notre Dame, which is kind of out of your hands, Penn State, but like having three big games like that, I mean, if they if they took away one of those and you know put on a MAC team, you know seven and five and you know maybe you're eight and four or something like that. So it's always been a topic through the years. Does Pitt kind of schedule a little bit too hard? Well, and if there's, I mean, if there's, if you're going to schedule too hard or too easy, I'd prefer you schedule too hard, frankly. And I think a lot of fans probably would. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a rough out of conference. Home against Penn State, just come off of Fiesta Bowl at UCF who's coming off of a, a peach bowl and at Notre Dame, who should be one of the best teams they are you know, going to going to South bend. Um, this is going to be a rough out of conference schedule. And uh, it, it'll be interesting to see how Pitt handles it to say the least. Um, but Jim, this has been a, a great preview. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Any, uh, any other thoughts before you get off of here? No, not really. I mean, I think what the bottom line of Pitt's season really comes down to the quarterback play. I think that's what held them back last year. So if they're going to get anywhere this year, it's, you know, if Kenny Pickett's the real deal, then, you know, seven and five, eight, four is very much on the table with this team. Totally fair. Jim, thank you for joining us. Tell us where you can uh, tell the people where they can find your work. Okay. You can follow me on Twitter at Jim Hammett. It is just my name. And, uh, we do our work. It's a part of the Rivals Network, panther-layer.com. Um, it, you know, it's you know, one of the, it is the top spot to get any kind of pit news. If you are a pit fan, uh, our message boards, you, you'll find out all the inside scoop on the recruiting and you know, coaching changes. Anything, anything pit, you can find it on Panther Layer, and that is the top top source for pit sports. Very cool. Jim, again, appreciate you coming back on. We need to have you on again soon. It's uh, it's always an open door, so so don't be a stranger. Yeah, anytime, guys. Thanks, Jim. All right, Mike, that wraps it up for Pittsburgh. We're going to get out of here and go preview some more teams. But before we do, the people should know they can find us on Twitter. I am at FTRS Joey. He is at Mike McDaniel CFB. Together, we're at BC Podcast ACC. And as he said, uh, he's at Jim Hammett on Twitter. Go find him for all the pit news and uh, updates that you want. Uh, he's got a bunch of inside info, all sorts of good stuff there on pantherlayer.com on the Rivals Network. Uh, Mike, they can find us on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, the Overcast app, wherever fine podcasts are sold. They can send us an email with questions, comments, concerns, whatever y'all want to the longest email address known to man, basketballconferencepodcast at gmail.com. Nailed it. Yeah. And Mike, tell them where they can find us on the social medias. Facebook, facebook.com slash basketball conference rate review. Find all of our podcasts there. Rate us on iTunes. Review us on iTunes. We're getting ratings on iTunes, which is great. We need some more reviews. Yes, please do that. Please review us on iTunes. Uh, also, you can go find us on YouTube if you want to watch videos of these chats that we're having. If you want to see the dope uh, posters that Jim has behind him on the wall, that's uh, a good option. So uh, go find us and subscribe on YouTube as well. As we get enough subscribers, we get our own U URL, so it'll be easier to find. But just go search Basketball Conference Podcast, and you'll find us. Uh, Mike, anything else before we get out of here? I think we're good, man. Let's come back and do another one of these soon. Until next time, for Mr. Mike McDaniel, I am Joey Weaver. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon, and until then, go ACC. Go ACC.